This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast where I proclaim and ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, we've moved into another month. It is the month of July, the month dedicated to the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In June, we talked about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and on the YouTube channel that I have, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, there's a whole Pray With Me series, which includes several prayers to the Most Sacred Heart, so I'd encourage you to check that out. And again, as we enter into July, and for us here in the United States, warm summer month, it's a time to remember the precious blood of Jesus. We are entering into the 13th week in ordinary time as well on this July 2nd. And the first readings we're hearing, we're we're hearing from Genesis. Uh, Here we're hearing from the book of Kings. There's some beautiful readings in the Old Testament during these times of ordinary time that I think just remind us of Christ's call to be an apostle, what it means to be an apostle, a disciple for Christ, what that life is like. And we see that lived out through the particular prophets, particularly we're going to see one of the prophets, Elisha, and an example of his life in the first reading. So let us gather this first reading for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time comes from the second book of Kings, chapter 4. One day, Elisha came to Shanem, where there was a woman of influence who urged him to dine with her. Afterward, whenever he passed by, he used to stop there to dine. So she said to her husband, I know that Elisha is a holy man of God, since he visits us often. Let us arrange a little room on the roof and furnish it for him with a bed, table, chair, and lamp so that when he comes to us, he can stay there. Sometime later, Elisha arrived and stayed in the room overnight. Later, Elisha asked, can something can be done for her? His servant Gehazi answered, yes. She has no son and her husband is getting on in years. Elisha said, call her. When the woman had been called and stood at the door, Elisha promised, this time next year, you will be fondling a baby boy. The Word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 89. 
Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. The promises of the Lord I will sing forever. Through all generations my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, My kindness is established forever. In heaven you have confirmed your faithfulness. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Blessed the people who know the joyful shout, in the light of your countenance, O Lord, they walk. At your name they rejoice all the day, and through your justice they are exalted. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. You are the splendor of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For to the Lord belongs our shield, and to the Holy One of Israel our King. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Our second reading comes from a letter to the Romans from St. Paul. Brothers and sisters, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death. So that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. If then we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. As to his death, he died to sin once and for all. As to his life, he lives for God. Consequently, you too must think of yourselves as dead to sin and living for God in Christ Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Our Gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 10. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple, Amen. I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As I was reading the first reading um, of these great accounts of the prophets, I think about no strings attached and the, the opportunity to give, you know, why do you give? What happens when we give? 
What motivates our giving? Do we give because there is a reward? And there's this beautiful story. We only hear part of it. And I would encourage you to go into your Bible to 2 Kings and read the rest of the story. As Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, there's actually quite a drama and and there's some consequences involved. But there's good news at the end of the chapter. But here we have the prophet Elisha and he's a holy man of God and he's going through this area and he doesn't have any money. He doesn't have a uh, a place to stay. He's not connected to with an Airbnb. And we get a sense from this woman of influence, she's coming and lives in an area. As I was hearing a few of the commentaries of this particular reading in the area where this uh, husband and wife live, they're in a community that's rather wealthy. And so everybody around them is rather wealthy. You need to have some money in order to live or even to have rent in this particular place. And maybe you can think in your own community of that area, that neighborhood that's a little bit more wealthy. And boy, if you had maybe an itinerant preacher coming through who might be kind of dusty and dirty, that might start to cause some gossip or some talk around town. And if you happen to welcome that person into your home, you might be shunned. But this woman appreciated Elisha and, and, and provided a place for him to come and to stay, to be comfortable, to do his work, to be the holy man of God. And I think it's interesting that even to the detail of she put a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, I think about our monasteries and the very simple cell that our monks live in. For example, the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, the Benedictine monks, you know, they're, they have simple living and that's because their work is for God. And so they have a place to pray, to read, to write, to do the work of God, but they don't have all the elaborate things probably most of us have in our homes today. But this overflowing of generosity, not because this woman, we don't really get that from the reading, that she's doing this for any ulterior motives. She's just simply giving because she appreciates and she wants to give. She's been given a lot. Her family's been given a lot. And I talk about the woman, but the husband is also involved in the generosity of providing a place for them in their home for this prophet of the Lord. And so Elisha is asking, is asking his servant, you know, what could we give this woman? Obviously, she has all of the financial things that are necessary to live. She seems to have all the comforts. But what could she use that I could give her? And the servant recognizes they don't have a son. And in this culture, and we even hear about it through Jesus's time where the, the woman would be taken care of by the son uh, if, when the husband would die. And so the, the son would be the one who would care for the aging parents. And they have no son. They have no child. And they're getting older in age. And so that would be probably... One of the most important things that they could have in their family is to have a son to care for them in their old age. And so Elisha says, yes, that's what we will make sure she will have, you know, through, through the grace of God, a son, not just a baby, but to have a son to care for them. Son or a daughter would be wonderful. But in this case is to provide that, that beautiful gift that they'll need 
for their own life. And so Elisha makes that promise to the woman. And again, it's this beautiful story of there's no strings attached. And I, I think in our day, well, in all days, we think about, oh, how horrible this area or this time might be because of greed and the manipulation of, well, I give you this and I get this. And there's all of these negotiations when we see in kind of the big picture of countries or governments or even organizations or ways of giving that can be motivated by such a selfless, selfish, that is, excuse me, a selfish way by greed, we're going to give. And even in our giving, we degradate those that we give to. I think about even the different kinds of welfare systems that have been put upon people that can, can really take away the dignity of the human person in some of the ways that we give, that we don't treat people with dignity and respect. And yet there's this sense in this reading that there is with God's grace and God's love, we give because it's the right thing to do. It's because we're filled with God's love and we give. And in this instance, the family, the woman and the, the man, the husband and wife could give out of their prosperity. And so they were able to give generously without any expectation that that would be met Certainly that if you were going to rent out that room, a lot of people today make extra money renting out their room. <laughs> it's amazing that that's turned into an industry of profit rather than just to provide hospitality for pilgrims. I think about the many people I know who have walked the way to the Camino and the pilgrims that go hundreds of miles on foot. And they go all the way to the seashore, to the place of St. James. And there are a lot of people who provide hospitality. Now, many of them profit from that. But there are some who provide hospitality for these pilgrims just simply because it's a good thing to do. And they provide that hospitality out of the kindness of their hearts with no expectation that they'll receive anything, anything monetary in return. I was a I was a big recipient of tremendous giving on a, a tour that I went on with 50 people, 50 people. I traveled with 50 people. These were all musicians and musicians, uh, family members. We went on a tour of Croatia and we spent 10 days and the musicians were doing different concerts in Croatia. And I happened to be able to just travel with them. And it was wonderful to see different parts of Croatia. But one area that we traveled, we, 50 of us, can you think of 50 of us? We entered into this home, very simple home of a family, and they provided lunch for all of us outdoors on these beautiful picnic tables and we had food and food and food, and they kept bringing platters of chicken and bread and fruit and cheese and drinks. And it was just lovely. And I looked and I looked back at the kitchen and I could see it was at least two to three generations of family. This was their gift to give to us pilgrims. We were pilgrims for nothing in return, just out of the goodness of their hearts, they wanted to care and to provide hospitality for us while we were traveling through their town. 
And it was just this amazing to be a recipient of such generosity is one thing. And I, I pray it helped fuel me and it helped fuel the rest of my, my pilgrim pilgrims that I traveled with to recognize, you know, when we're given much, we're called to give in that same way of just to give generously, not worrying about, will I get paid back for this? Will this somehow come back to me? If we're holding on to some of that gift, expecting that something, well, I should be rewarded for this. That's not the generous gift of a joyful giver. And and that really seems to be, for me, this lesson to learn in the reading. The gospel from Matthew, and I want to just go to my little commentary on the scriptures, uh, a gospel according to Matthew. This is from the Collegeville Bible Commentary. And there's just a little piece that it talks about because we've been we've been hammering through this chapter chapter 10 of Matthew the last couple of weeks and Jesus has been talking about you know calling the disciples sending them forth giving them instructions into what they are to do and then last week we heard Jesus three times say do not fear do not fear when these things come when you are going in my name when you're going on my mission is all of our missions to go out in the name of Jesus, you know, be prepared, but stand firm and do not be afraid of those adversities that you will encounter. See, we've heard, I just got a message yesterday, kind of a disturbing message. Shouldn't be disturbed of attacks in the church locally in my own area. And my heart goes out when I see Christians attacking one another. But Jesus is is giving his disciples fortitude and instruction. And here we're reminded that the disciples are representatives of Jesus. Jesus is saying here, you know, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy than me. If we put any other relationship, it's not that we don't honor our mother and our father. No, this is the fourth commandment that we honor our mother and father. Yes, we honor our family. But they're not the relationship that goes before God. See, when God's, that relationship with God goes first, all of the other relationships, our our parents, our siblings, our extended family members, our spouse, our children go on down the list of the relationships that we have. Those are either enhanced or they're negated and they can be degraded whether or not we have a good relationship with God. See, if we have a skewed relationship with God, if we don't put God first and we start looking at all these other relationships and get so in the milieu of these other relationships, I see all of the problems coming up today in the church and in the culture, but it's a skewed relationship. We haven't put God first because with that God first center, the truth resonates. We want the truth to resonate in all of our relationships. So as apostles, as disciples of Christ, we need to put that foremost, that God is on our hearts. So when we go out, the people who receive us receive Jesus. 
the people who don't receive us don't receive Jesus. And there are rewards to those who simply go out with generosity like the disciples did to go and represent their heavenly father. When we go and represent our heavenly father, without expecting anything in return, no strings attached, the Lord will reward us. There's a really great meditation here in the conversation with God for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And again, these are questions that I have to ponder myself and and maybe you can ponder them with me. It says, we pray to God to convince us that there is only one absolute love and that this love is the source of all upright, noble loves. He who loves God will love all of God's children, all of God's creatures more and better. This goes right to which relationship is first in your life. It is easy to love some, with others it is more difficult. We do not find them attractive. They have offended us or have done us wrong. Only if I love God seriously can I love other creatures as his children. And because he has commanded me, Jesus has also established how we are to love our neighbor, not with feelings alone. It's not because I feel like I want to love you. Yes, we have enemies that we don't feel like we want to love, but with deeds. For example, I was hungry and the person of the least of my brothers. Did you give me to eat? Did you visit me when I was sick? Did you help me to carry the burden when it was too heavy for me to carry alone? To love our neighbor in God is not to go about by a long and uh, circuitous route in order to love him. Love of God is a shortcut to our brothers. Only in God can we really understand and love all men. Immersed even as they are in their errors and we in ours, and in spite of those things that humanly speaking would tend to separate us from them or lead us to pass them by without a glance in their direction. This is a great way to close. Our whole life has to become this constant seeking after Jesus in good times and in those that seem bad, in our work, in our leisure, in the street, and in the bosom of the family. This quest is the only one that can give meaning to our lives. We cannot carry out this task of ours alone. Let us go to Mary and beseech her, Mother, do not leave me. Let me seek your son. Let me find your son. Let me love your son with my whole being. Remember me, my lady, remember me. That's from St. Jose Maria Escriva. So as we think about our relationships, as we think about how do I give, how do I receive generosity, how do I give generosity, is it being joyful? Is it being free? Is it trusting in God wholeheartedly? And am I a disciple of Jesus Christ and bring that love, that generosity to one another in those relationships? God first, and he will bless all of the relationships that you and I have. Amen. Have a blessed week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. 
That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.